This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk or 3people.k.uk for more information. Welcome to Three Peeps in the Podcast, the bonus show. It's Wednesday night. It is 18.53. The team news is in. And Matt, there's only one change to the starting lineup from the previous game, and that is Cessnion coming in for Tyler, which is what you called at the end of the last pod. Yeah, an obvious one, really, wasn't it? Um, Cess, I think, had a, a really good second half. Um, looked really lively, good on the ball. So, yeah, it was a, a, an obvious change, I think. Yeah, and uh, some skipping with some of the kids on the bench as well. So it's good to see. Um, yeah. We've got uh, a guest with us t- today, and that is um, Neil Palmer. Neil was on Sound of the City with Jeff Twentyman on uh, Monday night. And uh, yeah, I unfortunately never saw Jerry Gow play for Bristol City, maybe the testimonial. Um, but I was really taken by the story that, uh, that Neil... Um, was, spoke about on Jeff Twentyman and also the book that he'd written. So we decided to get Neil on and try, uh, chat about that a bit more. So Neil, come in. Hello, lads. How are you all? Yeah, Very thank well, you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, if if um, we can just get a few more people aware of the book, then uh, then we've yeah. achieved the objective. But before yeah. we come on to you, I yeah. promised that I would do the draw for the previous prize that we announced, uh, yeah. and that is the mishmash poster. We had Ryan on from New Zealand, of all places, um, who has created this mishmash poster of Bristol City memories. So we had 86 retweets for that. And I'd like you, um, Neil, to pick a number between 1 and 86, and that will equate to someone on my little spreadsheet here. And they will win um, a copy of said mishmash poster. So, uh, Neil, it's, the power is in your hands. Okay, I will say fifty-five for no apparent reason, just fifty-five. Fifty-five. Okay, that is Scott Patton. So, congratulations to Scott, um, and thank you to everyone who retweeted that. This podcast will also have a retweet prize, and surprisingly enough, it's the Jerry <laughs> Gow story. So, so uh, yeah, that leads us on nicely to that. And be- before we start, Matt. Um, I never watched Jerry Gow play for Bristol City, but you're obviously about 20 years older than me. So <laughs> t- tell us uh, tell us your memories. Yeah, if only viewers could see. You, you don't look 20 <laughs> years younger. Um, so I was saying to Neil Offair, so it, when I, I mean, I started following City really going down regularly, sort of probably when I was nine and 10, but um, I would go to a few games when I was five and six. And we used to live in the same road as Jerry and, and his wife, Julian and son, Chris, um, in Whitchurch and Jerry used to get my mum and dad tickets and my mum was telling me last night how um, Jerry got us tickets to go to Liverpool when we played them in the first division um, and you know he showed us around the cop and one thing or another so kind of Jerry was was probably my first um, love city hero really no no my first love was Bob Taylor but my first uh, <laughs> my first city hero really um, and sort of growing up there you know, near to him as well. And Ray Cashley used to live around the corner as well. Um, so as a City fan, it was brilliant. Um, so was Whitchurch the, was Church the, uh, the old Porter's Head then? Do you know what? It, it really was. Yeah. So you had, you had Donny Gillies lived there. Jeff Merrick was sort of not too far away. Mm. Um, so yeah, all, all of the, the, the lads did. And, and again, as I was saying to Nelly, Jerry used to on a Sunday uh, 
lunchtime or probably late morning, would sort of walk past our house and uh, knock on the, the kitchen window and give my dad a nod and they'd go over the shield and dagger for uh, Sunday afternoons. <laughs> and <laughs> but yeah, what come, a player. What before a player. we come on to Neil, is it true that your mum used to perm Jerry's hair as well? It is very true. Yeah, yeah. She was uh, telling me various tales last night. <laughs> Some of the ones I can tell, but that was one of them. That, yeah, she was, uh, I don't know if she was responsible for his really tight perm, but um, she is a hairdresser, by the way, or was a hairdresser. Uh, but yeah, she um, she did perm Jerry's hair. Fantastic. Okay, Neil, over, over to you. What? Why Jerry Gow? Why, why this book? Well, first of all, I'm absolutely gutted that I could have spoke to the person who did Jerry's hair. <laughs> because the Jerry's air pops up quite a lot in the book, and to have to have had that knowledge would have been fantastic. There you go. But yeah. Never mind, I'll have to, I'll have to live with that. Um, in the sequel, yeah, she's exactly. got to live with it as well. That's the problem. Now. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, why did I do it? Yeah, um, he's always fascinated me. I say when I was a little kid, again in Witchurch, a lot of references to Witchurch to, tonight. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he we used to see him when we was kids and we only sort of knew him when he played. And when we, when I was at school, uh, what you'd find is when we play in the playground, we'd all want to be certain Bristol city players, but all the hard kids was going on Jerry Gow. And that basically gave him a sort of carte blanche to come over and kick you right up in the air because that's what Jerry would have done as far as they were concerned. So he was always, he was the, the mainstay of the side. And that 76 side is the sort of side I grew up with. Um, and you can name them like you can name the England 66 side. Mm. Uh, tremendous affection for them. They lived around the area. And, you know, it, there was just something about him, really, that uh, I, wa- I wanted to do a book on him. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic. And how did you go about it? Is it so, I know uh, you've, you've written a few books, haven't you? Yeah. You, what was the other books you've written? Well, I did. Um, I did a book about the East End, and then I've done a book. Of, I did uh, originally. I did a book called Bristol Derby Days, which was interviewing players from City and Rovers. The last City one was a book called Match, where you had to, I sort of picked twenty legends to sort of speak to them. So it says the format was was good in as much that I could contact a lot of those lads and a lot of that that era and seventy six side where it then became a bit more challenging, but, you know, equally as rewarding was the Manchester City days, the Rotherham and, and right the way through the, his career. The Bristol lads would speak endlessly about him. And like I said, whenever I'd interviewed them for other books, they would always, we'd always sort of talk about Jerry. And I'd, I think I mentioned it to Jeff that I wanted to do him in my first book, but couldn't really find him. And a lot of the lads said that they didn't really know where he was. Um, and he he was just living a life down in Portland, wow. and you know then he sort of had a bit of resurgence and came back into the fold really with 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 the club. So yeah, and he's always and the song's always been iconic. I mean, it, all, all the time, mm. and it's always made me laugh. Also, when you 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 sort of he, I said to you know he, he he set a benchmark, which I believe he did because when you go on forums. We still get, especially the last couple of results, you know, before um, Mr. Pearson joined, it's been what we need is 11 Jerry Gows or what we need in midfield, we need a Jerry Gow. And every single midfield has been compared to Jerry Gow. Mm. And so that says an awful lot. And when you see lads down the down the gate with a City shirt on with Gow on the back and they plainly have never seen him 
mm. play. It mm. shows you what what a what a sort of effect he had on the club and the supporters. Well, yeah. well, I tweeted in during the show, and Jeff read it out to say, obviously, I never saw him play. So, how has anyone ever got close to Jerry Gow for Bristol City since? And in world football what sort of player would he equate to? And I think yeah. someone said Gattuso. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the, so that gave me a, gave me an image of the sort of player yeah. that we're dealing with. And I guess from a Bristol City standpoint, the, the closest we've got maybe is Tommy Doherty or Paul Hartley. Yeah, I think Tommy Doherty was sort of close in as much that there's something about certain players. I, I mean, although it, it might not be, be the same now, but they players do care. They do care, but there's some of them that do connect with the supporters, mm. and yep. you know, a few few play, few of them do. And uh, but when you get the ones that do, like I said, they all care. But supporters related to him, there's some, just obviously something about him. You know that hundred percent work rate, and you know he, he he could play, but he certainly won't. You know, a, a, a tremendously skillful player as, as such, but gave everything. And that's all City fans have ever asked, isn't it, really? All they've ever asked is that somebody goes out there and puts a shift in. Yeah. Exactly. You know, that's that's all they've ever asked. I think yeah. he got he got compared, Patch, to Gattuso because of probably the hard man side of it. Mm. But as Neil said, Jerry could play. He could score. He scored, I don't mm. know, 30-odd goals, something yeah. like that for the yeah. club. Yeah. Um, so he was a, a better footballer than Gattuso. In, right. in, in my view and that's not really with a city bias you know he, he had everything he was he was a proper hard man but he could play and exactly like Neil said he wore his heart on his sleeve and that's what endeared him so much to, to the fans wasn't it because he, he gave yeah. absolutely everything mm. um, every single game didn't matter whether it was an Anglo Scottish Anglo Italian you know it would have been Scottish in the yeah. Days. Um, but yeah a game against Liverpool away at Anfield he gave everything mm. Exactly and, what you want, as you said, Neil. Um, in the in that sort of run of seven games of de- of defeats that we had, you just wanted to see. We don't. We wouldn't have minded if they if we got beat four or five nil, but you no. just wanted to see them putting a shift in, and they they quite clearly weren't. But uh, obviously, mm. that's turned around now. Hopefully, and and we're up looking yeah. up, and obviously Bournemouth this evening. So we're we're expecting a similar performance to the last two games. But just going back to to, to Jerry Gow and 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 the book. So how did you actually go about this? As you said, you spoke to a lot of players, got yeah. various accounts, various stories and, and formulated them. Is it is it in chapters through the yeah. years? Or? It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's through the chapters at different points. I think then they naturally led on from one to another, depending. Because what I wanted to do, to start off, first of all, through a mutual friend, I got in touch with Chris Gow. We had a chat about it, Chris and the family. And I couldn't have done it without the family because they were so open. They were so honest. And they were absolutely brilliant. They 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 really were. Um, and it's Chris is Chris the, his son. Sorry, Chris is is uh, uh, Chris is Jerry's um, Jerry's son, and then his two sisters, and you know Jerry's first wife, Jerry's second wife, his brother Willie up in Glasgow was my very first sort of port of call, and that was weird because I went up there December of two thousand and nineteen to meet him, and the moment I met him in a in a pub in Drum Chapel, he walked in and it was like looking at Jerry Gow. Oh, really? They, you know, yeah, it was the weirdest thing you could you could see. But yeah, um, and then you go from there to get their stories and I, you've got to get them on board because, you know, otherwise I don't see how you can write a book without the family sort of being behind it. Mm. And what you do then is you then speak to, 
you do your research and it's it's the part of the book sort of I enjoy it was the moment Willie was great for those initial days in Glasgow where there were various clubs after him you know Willie tells me a story about and it's in the book that his greatest moment ever as far as he was concerned his proudest moment as being Jerry's uh, brother was they he went to um, a school called St Pius and they were a pretty new school because it was the rebuilding in Glasgow and, and they moved it to Drub Chapel. They played a, a team called St Mungo's and St Mungo's had won this competition called the Scottish Shield and it was for like under 15s, I think it was. And St Pius got to the final and Jerry carried the side. He said, and he scored the winning goal. It was a 20-yard shot. And he said that day was my proudest moment because he was he was the talk of drum chapel anyway but he said I'll never go into school and we'd actually won a, a trophy in school he said I you know it sort of brought him to tears about it but when he was describing how this 15 year old this 14 15 year old was in this school team it was exactly as though he was playing against Liverpool in in the first division mm-hmm. you know the, the, all the traits were originally there he was Giannamani was afraid of nobody, and that's what you get all the way through. He was genuinely afraid of of no, uh, you know, of nobody really. Mm-hmm. And for for the younger listeners, obviously Bristol City were in the top tier at this point as well. So they, he was playing against the cream of the crop. Mm. Yeah, and those players were, you know, when I when I contacted certain players, they said, "Yes, yeah, certainly." You know, he the famous game against Leeds. He he was. He, he, you know, he, he he didn't care for reputations. He was, as far as he was concerned, it didn't matter who you were. When he was when he was younger, he he always wanted to make it in down in English football. His big heroes were Billy Bremner, was Dennis Law, with Jim McCallioch, which is why he didn't go to any Scottish clubs. Was because he wanted to make it down here. And yeah, he, there was no reputation. He played against the best and. And that, you know, and and that was it and more than held his own, really. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, in terms of his international career, what 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 happened with, with that? Obviously, Scotland, but um, did he mm. get many appearances for Scotland? He got an under-23 cap, him and Donny Gillies, which, to be honest, was probably off the back of the 74 cup run where they beat Leeds and lost to Liverpool. But that, that got him a... Um, and an under 23 cap. He came on a substitute with about 10, 15 minutes, played England at St. James's Park. Um, but when I looked at, and, and they were very close then at the time, Willie Orman, the Scotland manager, this would have been 1974, was ready to pick the squad to go to the, the 74 World Cup in Germany. And when you look at the list of, of Scottish players, you know, I, th- I think he knew. Donny Gilly said to me, "We both really knew that that we we were not we were going to be nowhere near the squad, only because mainly because well mainly because of the fact that we were playing for a second division club." Right, and okay. I sort of alluded that to that in in the previous interviews with uh, Manchester City players. People like Joe Corrigan said, "If we'd have had him earlier, he said he would have walked into the Scottish team." Right. Joe Corrigan, that name rings bell. He's a goalkeeping coach. Yeah, goalkeeper for, for Manchester, Manchester City, oh, yeah, in England. 
massive goalkeeper as well and was there yeah. for, for years and years. What a player. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think he was goalkeeping coach at Liverpool a few years ago as well. Um, yeah, I think he was. Yeah. 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 So I, <laughs> He was when Chris Kirkland was there. I remember reading the story. Chris yeah. Kirkland mm. talked about him. Yeah. I remember um, I went to watch a Liverpool game with a friend and we were just down at the front and uh, the ball came across, they were warming up and it came and I, and it came to me and Mm. I threw it back quite overzealously and Joe Corrigan gave me a such a look, and I thought he? he's looked right through my soul, and I actually went and sat back in my seat. He probably didn't like the way you threw it. You, you, yeah, the technique yeah. was wrong. The technique, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of, of you yourself, Neil, obviously, so this book's coming out, and it's available to buy now, or is it out in? Um, it's coming out the twenty second of of this month. Yeah. Okay, so but you can pre-order it now on. Yeah, you can pre-order it either from Pitch Publishing or you can get it on Amazon, and you know, yeah, mm-hmm. like I say, all good bookstores and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So pitchpublishing.com. Yeah. yeah. Or, and it'll be on there, and there'll be a link on there that you could you can order it through them. Okay, I mean, you've got obviously people's birthdays coming up, I'm sure, and uh, Father's Day coming up in June, but. It's it's. I always struggle to buy presents for 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 my dad, um, yeah. and you know that's going to be top of the list because he's good. He loves, yes, he, loves, great. he loves reading books, and um, obviously that was in his his heyday as well. Yeah. So um, absolutely fantastic. Uh, so Neil, in terms of of you as a Bristol City fan, um, mm. obviously when did you start following the club? Uh, my first game was an FA Youth Cup game, which is actually in the book. To be honest, FA Youth semi final game which was in 1970, which was Bristol City youth against Spurs. And that was the semi-final of the FA Youth Cup 1970. Oh. So I'd have been eight years of age then. And um, yeah, that would have been the very first. They were still built. They were just building the, the Dolman stand. Okay. I've I, I got to be honest. I don't know whether I was more obsessed by the Cranes or the, <laughs> ga- the game that was going on, to be honest. But uh, Mm. I'd like to think I followed the game, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. And obviously it's been a, a roller coaster ride that you've been on um oh. watching Bristol City. No, not yeah. yeah. I mean, my my problem is that for, for the last couple of years, I'm I'm absolutely engrossed in the 1970s. So there's mm. part of me that still thinks Alan Dix is the manager, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. You know, Chrissy Garland's got another hat trick. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Very, yeah. very much. You know, I sort of what walls away in sort of times like that listening to mm. that really yeah. yeah well i think we've all drifted off um in the last few months and, and found yeah. ourselves in different eras but uh mm. hopefully now the show is back on the road um and your thoughts and feelings on the appointment of uh nige oh i think it's a tremendous appointment to be perfectly honest um it i i think there's going to be a situation and you know i don't know all of a sudden, now everything seems to be okay. You suddenly start thinking of reasons why it can all go wrong. But I think this will be the very first time in a long time, probably since when Joe Jordan, which was very odd when he decided that Hearts were a bigger club than Bristol City. I'll never forget that. And he left. Um, that we genuinely could be in a situation where other clubs are going to be after our manager. Mm-hmm. I think because, and I don't think that will affect Pearson for when I've spoke to people who who know him as long as everything's okay and he's allowed to do what he does he would be he, he plainly will want to build something here and like I said it would be 
you, it, when other Premiership clubs are in trouble, I think they'll and and he he will do well. I think he will do well at Bristol City. I think other clubs are going to come knocking, and that's something we haven't had. You know, bigger clubs coming knocking. I think that's something we haven't had for years. Mm, it's always yeah. been they leave us, and then that's it, really. Well, geographically, obviously, I, I think he lives in Devon, so this is the ideal situation for him. Well, he's got a, he's got a place mm. in Devon, but I think his home is still in Sheffield. Okay, um, mm. I've got a, funny enough, a, a mate of mine messaged me the, the other day to say he was a Sheffield Wednesday fan, and he said, oh, "I can't believe you've taken Nigel from us." Um, and I said, "Why were you, were you interested then?" And he said, "Yeah, but he kind of made it clear." You know, he doesn't want to work where he lives sort of scenario. Mm, okay. But I agree with Neil. I, I can't remember a time um, where the excitement, and, and really you're talking about after one game, but I think it's just listening to the man. Just yeah. listening for half an hour on Jeff last night, or Monday night, mm. sorry. Just had me purring and thinking, you know, it, 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 he's come across in the media in the past as a little bit abrasive and... It just doesn't seem like that at all. And he he's saying, I suppose lots of managers, Lee Johnson probably said the right things at times. But, you know, when he starts talking about he wants players to do what they do well and, you know, the footballers mm. to play the football and not do things that they're not good at. Um, and watching him on the sidelines with Famara and then the, mm. the webcam in the, the little story about you had Taylor Moore Gillet on in Andy Wyman yeah. sort of texting. You just think oh, it's, it's geared up and... He's also smart enough to say, you know, I, I know things are going to go wrong at times, but, mm. you know, I'm learning and I, I just can't get over it. I am so excited by his appointment. Yeah. And um, I also think as well, it's, you know, it's no disrespect to previous managers or anything like that or or people who, who are at the club, but I genuinely do feel that there's been a situation where uh, certain people run the club, which 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 is fair enough, but the manager side of things, it's been spun in a way that we, we need a new young manager mm. and, and that way they can get somebody in that, to be honest, they can maybe be nip, manipulate a little bit and say, this is how we're going to do things, you know, because any young manager, I mean, Dean Alden, you know, lovely bloke, but he, you know, he wouldn't have got within a million miles of a job like this. No. And so all of a sudden you get the feeling now, and it's not based even on the results. I think, to be honest, if they'd have lost the last two games, I'd still feel the same. It's just the fact that Nigel Pearson, when he comes in and you think, oh yeah, he's he's going to run this, you know, and that's not, not no disrespect to anybody else, but yep. now there is a manager in, in place. Yeah, 100%. And even listening to Casey Palmer, you know, he was, he was sort of a little smile on his face, but mm. Casey sort of said, yeah, yeah, he expects you to work hard. Yeah. And when you hear that, and you can take it two ways, but that that then made me think, so we weren't necessarily doing that in the past. Yeah. And now, you know, Nigel's come in and he, he will get players, not not fearful, but mm. I'm sure they'll know if they don't do what he wants yeah. to do, they're not going to be playing, are they? So, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm with Neil. I think it's the first time since Joe Jordan. And Joe Jordan, I think we, we talk about Joe Jordan, but it was Joe Jordan, the player, Mm-hmm. Did, you know, we had as a player, yeah. then he stepped into that role as a manager, did really well to start with, got mm. obviously, you know, the, the the team sort of playing. But he didn't have the calibre as a manager that Nigel Pearson's got. Or he was the, a player, player manager, wasn't he? Yeah, when he first came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, obviously he came in as a, a player mm, and a then player, stepped in yeah. for Terry Cooper. But yeah, it, it was his aura as a, a player, really. And yeah. it's then what he went on to do in yeah. you know, the, the shock to go to Hearts. But... With Nigel Pearson, it's yeah. 
we, we said it, Patch, didn't we? It was him, it was Eddie Howe, um, there was one other that we talked about, that you really thought, if we were serious and we want yeah. to try and become a force, that's the sort of name we want. Yeah. And we've, you know, in my view, actually, yeah. I think we've got the best one. It's it's strange. Andy, Andy Llewellyn told me a story once about playing with Jordan, and he said that when we walked into hotels, we all walked behind him, <laughs> and I used to look at people's faces, and you could see the mouth in the words, there's Joe Jordan. Yeah. There's Joe Jordan. Yeah. And it's the same now, sort of... but yeah. he's over yeah. there. Yeah. 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 There's that sort of thing, I think, about Nigel Pearson. Because yeah. I think, you know, you take him on at your peril, to be perfectly yeah. honest. And like you said, I don't think it will be through fear. It will be through experience yeah, and that yeah. sort of thing. Because I always think, God, if I was a player there, I'd certainly know what this was all about now, yeah. without doubt. Yeah. Without doubt. Brilliant. Okay. Um, just whilst I think of it, if you follow uh, the Nexus group on Twitter um it's at nexus group hq and bristol city there's going to be an opportunity to win a pair of bristol city shorts who obviously are the nexus are the sponsors of the shorts so look out for that retweet that and you get put into a draw for that but um for now obviously we've got the prize of the jerry gow story written by neil palmer forward by jonathan pierce um so get your phones out hit retweet on this episode on twitter for a chance to win that but um for now i think we'll leave it there and we will be back after the break with our post-match reaction to the bournemouth game and neil you can finish off with your thoughts on tonight's game i well i i've got them down for a win so I'm mean, just in. on a wave, really. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> i've yeah. got them down for a 2-1 win but yeah, yeah I, an, I do an entertaining I, I, win yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you hear that, Colin Sutton? He's got us down for a win. Not a draw, a win. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, Neil, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. And thank you for, very um, much. I, I've loved uh, it, honestly. Brilliant. For putting up the prize as well. And uh, long, long yeah, no problem. some success with that book. And uh, yeah, thanks very much to everyone for listening. We'll be back after the break. Take care. Take, Take care. care. Ta-da. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Uh, turns out it was uh, one game too far for the, for the banks of Nigel Pearson as we lose two one at home to Bournemouth. Uh, Matt's with me, but we've also got uh, three peeps co-host from the regular show, Rich Brown, joining us. Rich, how are you? Hiya. Doing everybody, well. Everybody okay? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Okay, let's um let's get into it. So, as we said at the start of the podcast, when we had the team use in, there was no change in personnel apart from Cessnion coming in for Tyler, and we were all happy with that. But um, we decided to go almost four five one for the large parts of the first half, Matt, with Wells not up front with Jiju. Your thoughts? He, I think he he started the game in the way that he finished it at Swansea, didn't he? Um, yeah, Naki sort of played wide left to start with, then switched across wide right. Um, first first 10, 15 minutes, it didn't work. And then for the rest of the first half, it we, we actually were playing some really good stuff. But then second half just didn't really work at all. And, and I would have gone two up top, I think. I would have changed it around. Mm. Yeah, for you, Rich, it's always nice to see two up front at home to anybody, really, isn't it? I'd never understand um, how you change the team 
to accommodate the other team when you're at home. I think you play to your strengths at home and you, you go for it. Like, like Matt said, first 10 minutes, I must admit, I did miss the first 10 minutes because my, my computer decided to do a system update. But, um, <laughs> but no, uh, the last well, half hour of the first half, I thought we were well in control of it. It's a shame to obviously concede at the end of the first half. But no, two up front at home, I think. Let them, let them worry about you and your yeah. strengths. You don't accommodate their strengths at home, I don't think. Okay. And Nigel okay. said that, didn't he, in, in one of his press conferences, that that's, mm. you know, how he sort of plays the game kind of thing. But I think he just got carried away from how good a performance it was the second half on the, the weekend because we were attacking against a very good footballing team in Swansea. So maybe that kind of played into it. But Yeah. Okay, let's go through the minutes. So fifth minute, uh, there was a corner routine from Bournemouth. The returning Lloyd Kelly was found himself in acres of space, but shoots over. Obviously, uh, if, if if Kelly can can shoot there and has got uh, experience doing that, that's a great chance, Matt. Yeah, it was a good move. I mean, he finished it like La- Lorraine Kelly, didn't he, rather than Lloyd Kelly? But um, it was, yeah, good thing, thing, thing. Um, but it was a good training ground move. Um, I thought he was pretty impressive, actually, Lloyd Kelly. Um, it's good to see, isn't it, really? Yeah, on, on the ball. And, you know, let's not forget that is a, a City Academy product. I know he's playing mm. for Bournemouth now, but um, but yeah, it was it was a really good move in. It obviously fell to the right man for us. Yeah. Seventh minute, Rich, another shot from Lloyd Kelly. And this time it turns out to be a terrific save from Dan Bentley. I, on first inspection, I thought it just, uh, you know, he, he just sort of, it was going over and he made sure, but it was actually going on target that one. I think we, we sat too deep. We sat too far off them, I think, in the open exchanges and we allowed them to get shots away. And I think in this, in this era of the football, the ball does move wickedly for keepers. So they, they managed to get something behind it and it's a great save. Mm. Tenth minute, Bentley parries a shot and Mariapa cleans up really well. Uh, Matt, uh, that was one that he probably want, meant to push round yeah. rather than into the path of someone, but Mariapa cleaned up well. Yeah, I think um, Andy Vyman said it on the, the Robins TV that um, he anticipated the shop, shot and the, the palm out from, from Bent's, got his body in front and the, the ref gave a free kick, kick against Solanke, didn't he? I mean, it was a bit something and nothing, I thought. But yeah, good good defender by Maripa. Mm. Okay, uh, 22nd minute. Palmer to Wells to Backinson, who shoots well from the parried save. Fami can't get his shot, shot away quick enough. Rich, uh, do you think Fami could have maybe done a little bit better with that one? Yeah, I think you could hear it in, uh, well, on Robin's TV, I think you could hear yeah. it in Wyman's uh, kind of commentary that he was mm. kind of disappointed that Fam didn't just put his laces through it, he kind of took the touch, which obviously was a bit, it gave Bekovic the chance to come out and smother the angles. But yeah, he should have got the shot away, I think, first time, if you don't know. Don't pull the trigger, you ain't going to mm. score. But yeah. equally, Matt, it was great to see Backinson getting a decent shot away. Really interesting position in Backinson tonight. He, he played more forward of the, you know, whereas you had Zach Viner running on and breaking the lines, um, and we're used to Adam Nash in it, but, but Backinson was was almost playing as in a number kind of 10 role, wasn't he? He was, he was forward quite a bit. And yeah, good to see him get a shot away. Um, and that's going to give him confidence, you know, and, and we know what kind of happened later on in the game. But that's mm. what you want to see from your midfielders. You want to see him getting shots in and around the box. Yeah, He caught, he caught it quite well as well. He, he did. Was, yeah, it's a sweet. De- it's good. decent shot. Yeah, good save from Begovic as well, wouldn't it? And like you said, I, I just think with Fam. Almost, if, if he takes a lash at it, no one really criticises him. But when he doesn't, he takes a touch and his touch is a little bit away from him. Mm. As Rich said, Begovic is just straight on it then. He had nowhere to go. And it was a little bit of a daft effort to then even try and take the shot when it was that close. Yeah, quite frustrating, that one. Mm. 
Um, half an hour in, inches wide from Casey Palmer. It was a, a cross from Hunt, a cushioned header down from Jiju, and a nice set from Backinson, who actually started the move off with the pass mm. to Hunt. So that was some really good interplay. And Casey Palmer, you know, he got a good amount of whip on it with his right foot there, Matt, but uh, just narrowly wide. Yeah, I mean, Robins TV, you got to see the replay, and, and it was probably a foot wide, so not, not quite as close as it looked first time around. But, yeah, really good move. Um, as you said, Patch, a lovely cushion ball in from, from Backinson, and, and Casey just had to kind of walk onto it and try to get that whip on it. Just not quite enough, but it was, a uh, again, good to see you, you, you getting Palmer getting shots away as well. That's what we want to see. Yeah, and that sort of second half of the first half was was our best spell, I think. Yeah. Um, with some really nice football, some nice clean, crisp passing, yep. some some quick passing as well. If we, something we've mentioned on the podcast over the over the season is the that lack of quick passing. And yeah. I just noticed that this evening, and it might have been because you know Bournemouth are a really good passing team as well. We're getting those quick passes away. It's something that you associate with with the with the Premier League. Yeah. Um and there was some really good stuff. And the 38th minute, uh, it was a burst into the box from Casey Palmer, which was great to see him taking a man on and getting into the box. Brilliantly squares and you think the chance is gone because no one gets on the end of it. Um and then Hunt with a beautiful cross across uh, and a cushioned header from Backinson into the net 1-0 Rich. I love those headers. I didn't do many in my little, my little life as a footballer. But when you, <laughs> when, you, when you head it back across from where the cross came from, yeah. and, you, and you've literally rooted the keeper. Uh, yeah. he, he, He's he just waving it as it gets yeah. past on it, yeah. Uh, I mean, back at he must have known it was in. As soon as it, as soon as it left his head, he can, he's visioning mm. it in the top corner. Yeah. But yeah, Palmer, back to Palmer's run. I thought it was great to see somebody run at the fullback for mm. once, shrug off the challenge. Like you say, the cross come across, didn't come to much. Hunt back in and go. I, I, I do hope that Pearson's uh, in charge. That is a new bit at least for Palmer, at least of life. He seemed to, Rich, when he came off, didn't he? Sort of, you know, Palmer was sort of smiling as he came off and he put his arms all around him. So I, I do think he seems to like him and he likes the style that he brings. So I, I kind of look at yeah. it that if Pearson's telling you to play somewhere with yeah. Pearson's experience, you kind of listen. I think yeah, back right. in the day when, say, Holden's told you, you might kind of you know, get your nose out of joint. When Pearson yeah. tells you to play somewhere, I'm playing you there for this reason, you listen and you yeah. kind of accept it, which hopefully Palmer and Wells will, their game to come on and, and they'll be happy to play for us. That was two players who never, never really looked happy to be there, in my mm. opinion. Yeah, okay. Um, it was Pat, all going sorry, really can well I, then. Go on, Matt. Can I, can I just say, and it would be remiss of me not to, wouldn't it? But it was a great cross from Jack Hunt. Um, it was. It you know, was. It, it, but as Rich said, Backinson literally just had to kind of lift his head back and just put all of the the pace of the ball, the, that kind of lofted cross. Yeah, so fair play to Jack. And it was a really good cross. Yeah, and you know that's only going to do Backinson's um, confidence, the world of yeah. good with the yeah. shot. When you connect well with a shot like he did, you know, a few minutes earlier, and then score the header. That uh, that's going to do his confidence the world of good and uh, yeah, yeah he, he's certainly coming on in leaps and bounds again which is great to see. Um, yeah, then it all sort of went went to pot really, didn't it? We were we were looking like we were going in one nil at half time, tails in the air, but um, Hunt goes down uh, with what can only can be described as whiplash. Um, I don't quite see I didn't quite see a connection with his head. It was more of a shove in the back and a and a whiplash almost. Um, so he goes down. Bentley sees that in his in the corner of his eye and sort of flags to the ref that you know we've got a potential head injury here. 
the ball goes out wide, the cross comes in and, and Bentley just flaps at it basically and, and puts it into his own net. And initially you think it's a Bentley own goal, but Rich, as you quite rightly pushed, pointed out, uh, it was on a, a cross that was on target. So it shouldn't be an own goal, but um, Rich, your thoughts on that goal? Well, before the, before the goal, I put on my notes because um, before that, Bentley had tipped one over the bar he, from a shot and mm. actually actually pit 44 minutes, a rare shot from Bournemouth because they, they haven't been in our half for a good 20 minutes in uh, attacking wise. And But yeah, Bentley's goal is glass wrist and it kind of, yeah. I don't know if he was trying to catch it, trying to palm it, I don't, or I thought he was trying to parry it around the I post. I think he was trying to parry of, it around, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, Rich. His, his yeah. wrists weren't strong enough on that occasion. No, he needs to work on his wrists. <laughs> well, well, talking of Bentley's wrists, I mean, as everyone said, and they said on commentary, and Danzy said, it, everyone said it. He's built up so much credit with with Bristol City and the fans, and and everyone concerned, really, because he's kept us in games. He's he's kept the score reasonable at times, um, and yeah, it's such a shame. Obviously, you could see the disappointment in his face, but I genuinely think that he was just put off by the series of events before it, Matt. Completely. And and I know, you know, even when on a WhatsApp group, people were sort of, you know, making comments around my Jack Hunt thing. But it, it really annoys me that because it wasn't a head injury. Um, all right, you, Pat, you're saying, you know, maybe it was whiplash. Maybe it was. But I, I'm not convinced he needed to go down, holding his head like he did, lying on the floor when the ball hasn't been cleared. You know, that, that's where I want to see him man up do the whole Terry Butcher thing and, you know, show that. And he didn't. And I'm with you. I think Bent's, his eye was taken off that. And you could see as the ball went out to Stanislav, he's looking at the ref and he's waving at the ref with his hand. And then the, the sort of shot comes in. And I actually do think it's known goal because I think he, he pushes it into the net. Um, I think, I think. But with the hunt, I understand why, you know. With, with the hunt thing going down, I think in this day where you get touched in the back now, you go yeah. down, you get a free kick. I think Hunt's probably thinking it's the last minute. Is it easy to see right. for the referee to make if I go down? Yep. I've gone make down. Make out as a head I, injury. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've gone down. I better stay down now. Yeah. That's that's what he's thinking. And like you say with Bentley, yeah, you could see because obviously the camera angle behind the net. Yeah. He's he's positioned for the cross come shot. Yeah. Yeah. Hunt's literally on his right foot, and he's kind of looking yeah. down there. And, and, the only thing with whiplash though, Patch, like you're saying whiplash, they're doing the, the test with him, but yeah. they weren't holding his neck. It was like it was a head injury when they were they were testing him for concussion. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it didn't touch his head. Yeah, in, in his defence, obviously, he does go eventually go off in, in five minutes into the second half. So you yeah. have to think there was something there. Yeah, yeah. But well, I just uh, don't know that it was enough. I don't know if it was enough to be led on the floor like that. And that's I would say that about anybody, not just because it was Jack Hunt, because I've said mm. how well I thought he played, but... It just disappoints me. And and Rich said it, it's the part of the game I really hate at the moment. That thing where you feel someone literally touch your shirt and you fall over like they've really poleaxed you. And, and the yeah. referee and the referee always falls for it. And yeah. to me, the referee should they should man up. They should say, yeah, yeah. hang on, if you were Christmas shopping in Debenhams and someone touched you, you wouldn't you wouldn't fall down like that, would you? <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> Turn around and lamp them. It's ridiculous. Um but you know, I'll just go back to what I said before. He he did eventually come off with what looked like he was dazed or concussed or whatever. So maybe we just didn't see what happened. So um, yeah, yeah, obviously. But what's yeah. Ha- what's happened at halftime? He's gone fifteen minutes not being concussed. Why is he? Yeah. Why, why is it five minutes in the second in? half? Very true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Why did he come back on? 
Um, okay, so halftime comment from Rob. Well, we literally didn't seem to be here for the first 15 minutes. Started to grow into the game, but in the 4-5-1, Wells and Palmer having minimal to nil impact compared to Saturday. Palmer then seemed to get himself and Backinson more and more involved and got a foothold in the game, culminating in a good goal. Lots of suitable, sorry, lots of subtle tweaks going on. Have to give Pearson credit. Wells still struggled to get involved, but the defensive shape was nullifying Bournemouth until absolute hyler from Bents. You could argue play shouldn't should have been stopped with Hunt on the ground, however, and potentially Bentley allowed his attention to be diverted. So um, a summation there of the first half. I think we've covered most of those points. Um, yeah, so the change did come on the 48th minute with Hunt coming off and Lansbury coming on with Viner being pulled back, Matt. How did you see that change? Was it a change you would have made? No, I would have brought Taylor Moore on. Um, I've, I've not seen anything of Henry Lansbury at the moment and we joke about him, Angela, but I'd rather have Angela Lansbury out there at the moment. I've seen a, a tweet tonight that in the five games he's played, we've lost, we've not scored a goal. Um, I just... The, the, the shame was Zach Viner was doing well in that position in front. And that's why I sort of tweeted what I tweeted is that not only did it, I didn't want Jack Hunt to go off because, you know, he is our best right back, but also it meant Viner having to, to change shape. And I knew Lansbury wouldn't be as disciplined as Viner was. Um, so, yeah, that, that did have a big impact, Jack, going off, to be fair. Yeah, mm. you're, you're disrupting two departments there rather yeah. than just one, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so, I mean, Taylor Moore coming on in there doesn't disrupt. Yep. Lansbury, as you said, he's just coming back from injury. Um, you know, he's not he's not played in the last two games that we've that we've won. So, yeah, it's an interesting one, but that's that's what he goes for. Um, and yeah, so Lansbury comes on and then I don't know about you, but I've got nothing written down until the 70th minute. Mm. Um, at that point because it was literally just knocking it around in the middle no real chance for either team it was in the 69th minute Kelly brings down Wells gets booked um, and from the resultant Casey Palmer free kick you that set up you think okay we've got a chance here yeah. but unfortunately Casey doesn't clear the first man uh, which was a real shame and a real frustration for, for lots of people. But on the second bite, he does find Callas. Who, Callas unleashes a shot that goes over, but you just think it actually looked like it could could have dipped could in at some in. point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a, a, a real shame there because that, that was 70th minute and we, we had a chance there to, to get at least a header on goal and we don't. Um, well, I, I, did, I put before that uh, a Callas again. Did you see his little run up the left wing? Yeah, 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 and a good left foot cross. Yeah, that's like a Jada Silver like one. Yeah, for your yeah. centre back as well. Obviously, just taking the bit by the teeth and, and getting down the line and getting across in. I think Andy Weiman commented he could have obviously got a bit more whip on it, but I was I was happy with the amount of whip he got on yeah. the the cross in the first place. And yeah, you can't ask um, for miracles. No, exactly. So yeah, yeah, good shape, Rich. Um, 77th minute, back in some forward run and just picks the wrong pass to Jiju. Do you remember that one? He was sort of coming onto the edge of the box. He had two options. And not only did he pick the wrong option, but it wasn't the greatest pass to Jiju, Matt, was it? No, it wasn't. I would have gone out wide. I think it was Sessignon. Yeah. Um, I'd have gone out wide and then brought in. I mean, Famara, yeah, he got the ball. Um, he was reaching for it. Didn't, didn't even get a shot away, did he? But yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, a few of the guys put on tonight, um, I, I felt Famara was a bit static at times, but he had no 
real decent service at all, did he tonight? Mm. There was t- there was um, times there was no one in a red shirt, no, tw- twenty no. yards, yeah, no around that, him at all. That's the surprise from the weekend, really, because we we commented how Naki Wells and Famara worked as a pair, didn't they? Yeah. And um, don't don't get me wrong, I thought Naki Wells worked his absolute yeah. bits off tonight um, and was tackling back in his own box. But I don't want to see Naki Wells tackling back in his own box. You know, that's not what he's in the team for, is it? Yeah. Um, but no, you're right, Patch. It was a and and it became a bit of a pattern of play. I thought we we were forcing it and looking for that worldy unlock kind of pass. Casey Palmer did it. Backinson did it. We didn't need to just just look after the ball and build it. Mm, yeah, that, that that kind of link from the midfield to fam kind of disappeared. Yeah, we're just trying to. Yeah, yeah, it did. And could that be the uns- the unsettling of Lansbury coming in and could be. you know yeah. the, the, just that sort of lack of cohesion and understanding? And joking aside, did Lansbury make a pass tonight? I'd, yeah, I'd love to did, know his pass found, completion rate. He found row A of the Dolman stand. Did I think, he? Yeah, I, I, I honestly would really like to see his pass completion rate because again, he was another one that was trying to find that absolute worldie. And there was one moment where we broke. I think it was from a Bournemouth attack and we cleared it, but Lansbury was the runner. And Famara then made a, a run. He just had to literally play a 30-yard pass with a bit of curve on it mm. and it would have gone in. Find the uh, Bournemouth now, I, 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 know, I know that, joking aside, that Lansbury has has been out injured and we've only seen yeah. him a couple of times before. But you're almost starting to tar him with the same brush as Chris Brunt, someone yeah. who has got got, you know, that, level of passing that you expect and you've seen from them but we just never saw it with Chris Brunt and you know Lansbury's only a few games in and I'm sure he'll get more chances and more opportunities but if he doesn't pick up in the next few games you're going to get tired with that same brush aren't you Matt? Yeah you are I, and I'm looking at thinking I'd rather have seen Masengo come on tonight um, you know what what other than the name, what's Lansbury done? And all right, we don't see it in training. Maybe he's setting the world alight in training. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was disappointed that he came on and I was even more disappointed in his performance tonight. Okay. I mean, I mentioned it on the, our little WhatsApp group. Obviously, Bournemouth had two players called Cook. But I did mm. say we had too many Cooks in midfield today. Yeah, I think. see what too, you've done. Too many central midfielders. I mean, how, how many do we need on one pitch? Mm. Okay, uh, 85th minute, some really good last-ditch defending from Viner. It was a really good tackle. Oh, brilliant, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to make sure we got that mention in because that, you know, here's here's a man who's been, been asked to play in, again, two different positions in the same game and sometimes even three. Um, just great adaptability and uh, a real a real great product of the systems at Viner. So, uh, yeah, great, great defending there. Um, the 88th minute, uh, we don't know if it was Billing or Carter Vickers that it actually went in off in the end, but we go 2-1 down after being 1-0 up, which is always a difficult pill to swallow. It was a deep corner, and I just think Backinson had two men uh, to pick up and you know couldn't really pick up either of them, and it just finds its way in, Matt. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the move just before um, Zach got caught on his heels a little bit with Lloyd Kelly getting past him and conceded the corner... And then, like you said, the, the corner came over. I, I've I've watched it back. I I kind of felt did I want Bentley to come for that one a little bit. He seemed to be kind of yeah. rooted. Um, and you're right. It I, I don't know whether as the move first took place, Backinson had two, but as it developed, he was left on his own. 
Billings was a, it was a crap header and it hits Cameron Vickers on the back and goes in. But mm. um, they all just looked a little bit. Oh God. Yeah. Um, I think and, I want to see yeah. Bentley. I'll, I think I want to see Bentley come flat, clear yeah. it, clear out everything in front of him, and just yeah, because it wasn't it or something. It, it was within the six yard box, wasn't it? And you know, it wasn't one that was hit with a tremendous amount of whip or anything like that. And you just sort of felt, ah, oh, you know, m- maybe that summed his night up a little bit tonight. Mm. But it's two goals at the end of each half, isn't it? Yep. Is that yeah. is that switching concentration? Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's just something about. <sighs> mentality and intelligence almost because at that point we are 2-1 down having been a goal up and there didn't seem to be enough urgency for me <laughs> to get the ball forward there was there was an opportunity where where Masengo didn't pick the right pass yep. and it works its way from like Masengo to the to the left back to the center back and and back to yep. then to 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 maps Ma- yeah. who then passes to the to a Bournemouth <laughs> player. And I know, obviously, he didn't mean to do that because you could tell that he didn't mean to do it, obviously, because he, he shouldn't. And also, you could tell on his face that he was disappointed in himself. But yeah. why aren't we just going from Masengo up front, just whipping it up front? But we've, we've got history of that. We've got history of... I know, of, that's what I'm you, saying, it's mentality. You, you steal yeah. the ball back and you think you're going to have a bit of a counter-attack. Then the, the pass goes sideways. But, Nine, yeah. to, nine to out of ten is behind the person they're passing to. Wow, and it go back to and the keeper also, eventually. Yeah. And also, it's not even a, it's not even a, a hard pass. It's, 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 it's rolled towards the player. So yeah. he's, got he's got to wait for it to arrive to him in the first place. So this the, the pace is taken right out of the game straight away. Yeah. yeah. That's a really key point, Rich, that, that it was sort of played back to Callas and then Callas played it across to, to Mariapa and Mariapa's having to wait. Yeah, he's got to wait for so it. So the whole pace, everything's gone. And I mean, like you said, Patch, I mean, the, the ball that he then played for... A professional footballer of his standing, you know, was embarrassing, but it was kind of kind of you know, it was basically what had gone before it, wasn't it? Well, but yeah, even, that's, that's even the with nice... goal kicks in throw-ins, there yeah. was no no urgency. Yeah. We had one straight... throw-in. It's like take what we're yeah. doing straight take before the throw. that. It was a throw-in. It's the and same. It's thirty the same seconds for... went. Yeah, it's the same for all ninety-two clubs. But do you think that's where you're missing the home fans of driving you? Yes, forward. Yeah, definitely. It's like, a, it's like a training session with no fact yeah. you're trying to keep in possession. Well, yeah, yeah you, say, you say that, Rich, and, and to some extent I agree, but I've seen that so many times, and it's not the same players. It just, just seems to be... It's a city what, trait, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah really, really you, frustrating. But, but you talk about the intelligence as well. When you looked at a couple of the, the long throw opportunities we had, mm. Begovic came right to the... Well, yeah, past the front sure. post... And I'm thinking, if I'm Zach Viner, we know you can hit the penalty spot with your throw in. Just hit one in low. Take him out of the game. Hit one in low and mm. get him scrambling for it. And we didn't. And again, it's like, wake up to what's going on around you. Where's the... Yeah. Frustrating. You never know. Uh, Nige might not be a fan of a long throw. Who knows? No, but, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely in the Arsenal. Anyway... Um, we lose two one. Obviously, we've 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 had the six seven defeats on the banks. We've won two games on the trot three one. We've stopped the rot. We are looking up instead of looking back. But if we were to have any chance, realistically, of getting into the playoffs, we needed a, a sort of three or two or three more wins, Matt, didn't we? Yeah, and and again, you know, Bournemouth tonight. Let's let's be fair about it. They they were still a level above us for the majority of that game. Um, you know, we're, we're not in a place where we've got enough um, first team players that are at the level needed to make a playoff push um, 
Although I suppose you look at Cardiff, they'd have been saying the same thing and, and they look where they are. So confidence plays a massive part in any team, doesn't it? But mm. um, yeah, I, 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 I'd written off the playoffs anyway. I, I was still yeah. concerned about what's over my shoulder really and finishing well, because I want to finish well so that Nigel wants to stay and wants to see that there is yeah. real sort of ability in the club. Absolutely. I, I think if you take something out of it, it does show to Nigel that it's not going to be plain sailing. It's yeah. like a... You know, we had two great results away from home, don't forget as yeah. well, to some good clubs. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, no, not, not back to the drawing board because obviously some things have moved forward a bit, but it, yeah, mm. work oh, is still well, to be they're done. Cer- yeah. They're certainly all putting a shift in, which is what we want. And yeah. I don't um, think, I think a playoff position would have, been, would have been a false position. I don't think, yeah, it would have. Not, not this season. I don't think, I don't think, we, I, don't, I wouldn't want it this season. I don't want to do a yeah. Huddersfield go up accidentally then be set yeah. back a couple of years. Okay. Um, right. A couple of tweets came in at the final whistle. Dr. Dean Allen, despite an otherwise solid defensive display, two soft goals and crosses have cost us. In fairness, Bristol City didn't show enough ambition going forward and playing one up front at home is always disappointing. Much more for Nigel Pearson to learn from. And uh, Ben from Robbins on tour. To be honest, neither team were brilliant tonight. We're only a few good chances for each side. Shame to lose it like that but it doesn't take away from the players. And Nigel Person, six points out of a possible nine against Borough, Swansea and Bournemouth is brilliant, which is a fair point, Matt. Yeah, it is. And and that comment I made about Henry Lansbury, um, I think Tim's put on the WhatsApp group that he's played 308 minutes since he's joined on loan and the aggregate score when he's been on the pitch is now 10-0. <laughs> so he's starting to develop. But yeah, I mean, I actually thought the first 10 minutes Bournemouth were really, really good. And then we had that spell after that. Um, and we all know, we it's, it's often said in football, isn't it? A, a goal right on half time really does kind of kill one side and gives the other side the impetus. And I think it did. We we never really got going at all in the second half, did we? Well, it changes the whole half time talk. Yeah, it? of course it does. You're, you're, yeah. going, in, you're going in toes up. Next minute yeah. you're going in, oh, yeah. no, don't worry, lads. But I don't know. Yeah. We do it second half. But, uh... yeah. Jack, is your neck all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so Matt, take us through your player ratings for tonight. Okay, um, it's, it's a difficult one with Bents, isn't it? Because he, he did make three really good saves tonight, but you can't look past the fact that the, the goal that goes in is is soft as the proverbial, mm. isn't it? So it's it's got to be a five for me tonight. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. I think yeah. that's fair. I mean, that's maybe both goals. Yeah, partly yeah, blameful. Partly blameful, yeah. Um, and that's the first time all season that Bents has scored below six. Yeah. And it, it made me laugh. Someone's, I don't know who it was, but someone I, I read on Twitter had put, oh, that's the problem. Bents has always got a clanger in him. <laughs> and I'm looking at that going, well, we haven't seen that for that's 18 first, months really, have we? Yeah. You know, I'm trying to remember the last one that he did. I know in bought it Brentford, he, he was a bit, you know, before his end of his time there, he was given a few goals away. But mm. yeah, I can't recall any tonight. So, but or before tonight, but yeah, it's got to be a five. Um, Jack Hunt, um, I thought did everything he could ask really. Um, set up, set up the board. I'm starting to get you getting the the, the membership card out. You're about to fall get, off no, the chair. I'm ready to fall yeah, off. Yeah. Um, but obviously, he only played a half. I, I do have a question mark over that challenge and his reaction to it. Um, despite the fact he went off, it'd be interesting to see what it was, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put him down lower than the six, but it's only a six for me. I'm not going yeah. any more than that. Um, Mariapa, Callas, um, 
I thought did okay. They they defended well again, throwing their, their bodies. Not not quite as much as we had to do perhaps against Swansea. So I'm going two sixes for them. I don't think they did anything more than that. Um, and then left-hand side, Sess, I thought, was actually a little bit quiet. Did, didn't mm. kind of get us forward as much. So on the back of Saturdays, I'm probably a little bit disappointed. So I'm going to go five for Sess. Okay. Um, Zach Viner sat sort of just in front, I thought did really well. Um, you know, with what he was in there for, um, moved around again, made that one brilliant tackle. Um, so I'm torn between a six and a seven. So I'll let you two boys decide on that one. I, I'd upgrade to a seven personally for the fact that he was asked to move position and still maintain that level of performance, Rich. I, I, I put seven in my, uh, my notes. Good. Um, <laughs> Casey, um, I thought was slow to get into the game. Um, then did get on the front foot and was trying to sort of get us going. Like Rich said, it's nice to see him when he does attack the sort of box and um, put some some sort of dangerous crosses in. Um, but again, some of his delivery, you know, that free kick, and not only the free kick, but then the second one that came back to him. Although Callas made some out of him, it was still yeah. a, a bloody dreadful. He wasn't aiming back, for wasn't Callas, was he? No, no. So um, I'll give him a six, Casey, because I think he tried to keep going. Um, Tyreek um, was actually my man of the match. Um, aside from the goal, I thought he was he was in for for all of the good things in the first half. I thought he was involved, linked the play, got a couple of good shots away. Um, he did tire undoubtedly. Seemed like he may have had a bit of cramp. So I'm going to go seven for Ty, but man of the match seven plus. Yeah, um, Adam Nash. I thought tremendous work rate again. Um, perhaps wasn't as tidy on the ball tonight as he has been. Um, so. I still expect more from Adam because he's an international at the end of the day. So I'm going to go five for Adam. Um, okay. Your thoughts on that, Rich? I did. I did put a note in the game, Naj. I, I just wish he was stronger in the like, final third. When the ball was put to him on the edge of the box. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't look very confident to be holding the ball up. He, he kind of, he's kind of almost not waiting to be tackled, but just a bit of strength. But that's not, I guess that's not his kind of, he's more of the, he's more of the shifter of the ball. And he rather than, yeah. But yeah, when he gets when he gets to get the chance to hold the ball a bit stronger, please. Do you uh, think? Um, do you think with with Naj, Bakinson, Bakinson, and Viner and Masengo when he's on the pitch, they're all sort of capable of that sitting just in behind the front two, maybe a little bit deeper than that. But they're all sort of capable of that burst into the box. Yeah, they almost sort of take it in turns on a game by game basis, um, and. Tonight it was Backinson, and last yeah. game it was Naj. It was Naj, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, so with Backinson, I think I said this last time I was on. Get on the weights. Get, <laughs> bit, no, he's a, he's a young, he's a young lad. He's still learning the game. But you can, that's like a Patrick Vieira in years to come. If he just gets a bit of strength, a, yeah. bit, of no, a bit of naughtiness. I think watching City the last few years, we're not, we haven't had a midfielder, a tough tackling midfielder, a, like a spoiler. Yeah, like you there think we go. Yeah, but you think yeah. if you're um. <laughs> Brian Neal's road, Dowders, your yeah. uh, they are all kind of cut from the same cloth. They're all your, kind of your wispy little skill. I want to yeah. see one bloke in there who gets that ball. He's, he's the one who lays it off to the skill yeah. players. I want some, I want a destroyer in there. Some. No, yeah. I get it. And, and you, I guess it's the balance, Nick, because Han Noah's put a little bit of bulk on and hasn't been the same player. He's, he's improved of late, but certainly early on, he, he didn't seem to be anywhere near the same player, did he? I but, think the only, the only player we've probably got in the squad that you're maybe describing there is potentially Liam Walsh, and we haven't really seen him 
Um, obviously, you haven't seen him this season and haven't seen him for a number of seasons. But... Yeah, no, Walsh is a ball player. He's a, but he's, a he's got player. that. I think he's got he's that. Stocky. Gri- yeah, yeah, he's stocky. Yeah, he's got that he's sort stocky, of but he's, he's no not a uh... attitude. I want someone who cheats about cheating, not someone who blatantly gives. Do you know what I mean? Don't, give, don't just give free kicks away, yeah. like kick, kicking the yeah. you know, bells out of blokes, but leaves a mark on somebody. So when that, when that player nets gets a pass, then they're waiting for that tackle to come you, in. You, you want someone who's powerful, don't you? Is a, a real. Yeah, and yeah, it isn't in your done face. in a. Yeah, yeah. not done in a. Well, as you said, like a Vieira type. And I know they're few and far between, but yeah. Okay. Um, who else have I got? Um, so I've said. Casey, then Tyreek, then um, well, Adam. Wells and Fan. Yeah, yeah Naki, Wells and Fan. I, I thought Naki worked his absolute socks off, like I said. Um, didn't get anything going forward. Again, probably f- forced the, the little cute passes sometimes um, and just kind of overhit him and it didn't quite come off. Um, he was asked to do a different job tonight. And, and as you know, Rich kind of said it, he seemed to still do it with more of a smile on his face. I'm not sure he necessarily smiled, but you know, like I said, when you've got Naki Wills tracking back and making a challenge in your own box, mm. that's pretty impressive to get that kind of work rate out of him. But that's I not don't what want he's to see him in doing the team. It. No, that's not what he's in the team for. I agree. Um, he, he did it for a staff. He, he put a loose pass back. Yeah. And I think he found a Bournemouth player, but he's, he was one tracking back. Trying yeah. to I think the first, himself. the first 10 minutes, I think every, every pass he made, <laughs> he sort of gave away or was under hit or over hit. Um, but it's a six. I, I want It's it's a seven work rate. But you know he's not in there for that. And I don't want to see him just putting in a tackle and stuff. I do want to see him getting forward and getting shots away. I can't recall him having a shot tonight. No, I might have missed it. But it's almost like we're trying to teach Naki new skills that he doesn't yeah. necessarily need. He's, no. he's, a, he's a goal scorer, isn't he? Yeah. So- and that and that actually goes against what Nigel Pearson said in his his interview that he wants players to do what they're good at. Um, and that isn't what Naki was is good at tracking back. You want him taking shots. So yeah, it's a six for me. And similarly with Famara, I'll give him a six because I don't think he got any kind of service. So I'm not going to mark him down from doing what I'd have expected, but um, just a couple of times he was a little bit static for me and I'd like to see him move around. I'd, I'd like to see a front two that give the, the back line of the, the opposition a torrid time where they're really run out and non-stop. But again, those sort of players are a little bit few and far between. But, you know, our, our two didn't really, or centre-backs didn't have much of a, a free ride tonight, did they? They always had that Danjuma or, um, what's his face, um, Solanke running at them. The other kiddie on the, the left-hand side, Deluma, whatever his name is. Um, so, yeah. And then Lansbury, I've got to go, I've got to go three because I just don't <laughs> think he added anything at all. His passing was shocking. Um Maybe three's harsh, so maybe four, but I just don't. He, he did nothing tonight and wouldn't warrant if we haven't got Jack Hunt the weekend. I certainly wouldn't be looking to be playing the same with Zackett right back and him in like that. I'd probably go Riley left back and stick Sess on the right hand side. I yeah. think with um, I think with Lansbury coming on, stifled our players as well. I think it's stifled yes. midfielders that were already doing a good job. And he's a player I've always liked, Henry Lansbury, because I do think he is good on the ball, and but he's he's maybe it's just, I don't know, an anxiety thing, but he's just forcing everything and trying to play the worldie too much. and just needs to be told, just just play 10, 10 yard passes, keep the ball. If it opens up, then play it. But yeah. Okay. Um, and the management? Um, I mean, aside from that 20 minutes and, and you know, we've all sort of said it, we want to see two played up front. It, mm-hmm. it was a habit that Lee Johnson got into way too often. 
Um, I hope it's not something that, that Nigel will look to do, but um, did he do what I expected tonight with that squad? Probably not after the last two games. I probably got to give five tonight. Okay. Because um, we've we, we'd set a mark, didn't we, in the last two games? In yeah, again, perhaps goal. Yeah, goals do change games. The manner of that first goal knocks the wind out of you. But yeah, it, it wasn't great tonight. I think that's fair. Rich, are you happy with that five for the management? Yeah, like Matt said about the front two, I want to see Fam and Wells no more than ten yards away from each other in the game. I don't want them like mm-hmm. if, even if you've got two at front, I don't want them stretched wide. I want them feed. I want no. You want Fam feeding Wells. You want the, you want. When the ball's in the air and Fam's ready to win it, you want Wells making his runs in yeah. beyond Fam. But yeah, management five. Yeah, um, I also I thought he probably left it. More, I think he left it a little bit late to bring Semenya on as well, personally. And I probably wouldn't have brought Palmer off. Um, yeah, I think you're one one at home. I think you could have taken Fumara off for for you know, oh, the service yeah. he was getting. You you could have given Antoine more of a run, couldn't you? But mm. to be fair, as one of my Brub's favourite sayings, when Anton did come on, he was a bit of a headless chuck when he didn't really kind of add too much to it, did he? Mm. Um, he, was, he was getting the ball quite deep on he as well. But like yeah, Wells was getting yeah. the ball in his own half. You want... Yeah. Well, Just one one thing, um, Patch. So I, I did message up to City and to Lisa Knight about the camera um, on Robin's TV. Yeah. Any, and Lisa... Response? Credit, yeah, credit to Lisa, and she always does. So thank you, Lisa. But she said, sorry to hear that. The EFL cameras are not at the back of the Lansdowne, though. They're near the front of the upper tier, which it certainly didn't feel like that. Um, and I've sat in the upper tier, but, you know, fair dues. But she said, sadly, we've got no control over the match action footage, cutting from cam to cam, as the feed is provided by the EFL. But I will pass your comments on. So yeah, yeah appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Um, and just a bit of admin Get your phones out whilst you're listening to this podcast. Hit retweet on this podcast to be entered into that prize draw to win the Jerry Gow story. We had Neil um, Palmer on at the start of the podcast talking about that. So hopefully you enjoyed that and are interested in retweeting to enter the prize draw. Um, Matt, next game, uh, Saturday, home to QPR. What do you do with the starting lineup there? I mean... We don't know if if Jack Hunt's going to be available, but um, see if he is. Do you go with the same starting eleven again, and maybe just play two up front? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what he would. Yeah, I I think I would, and I would move um, Casey out wide, and then one of the other midfielders out wide. Um, I think you've got to play two up front, you know, and QPR have been on a really good run and then they've had a couple of sort of defeats. They got beat heavily tonight, I think, 3-1 by Barnsley yeah. um, at home. So, you know, they're, they're, they're a little bit, I don't know if they're where they are in the league, actually. I don't know if they're in any danger, but they sort of flatter to deceive at times. Um, they've got some quick players. So I probably would go with that. As you said, Patrick, it will depend on Jack Hunt. I hope he's fit. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say that again. I hope he's fit. <laughs> um, and if he's not, then I would go Riley at left and um, move Sess across to the right hand side. Um, but it's a bit of a quandary. I mean, I, I don't know how close Callum O'Dowd is. I don't. I don't know that he's played for the twenty threes. I don't know. We had a twenty three game this week. I don't know if Liam Walsh played in that one. No, I don't think he did. No. Did he not? Which no. then you sort of think, well, if he didn't play in that one, has he had another reoccurrence? Mm. You know what? Because you'd be getting him, even if it's just half an hour, wouldn't you? What so I don't a strange one. What I don't well, understand is, uh, well, that as well. Yeah. But but Andy Vineman, obviously in commentary today, jumping yeah. around on the grass, running up and down the grass, but he still says he's not going to play for the rest of the season. 
Yeah. Why do you think that is? Um, I've done my media. I've done my media ligaments a a few times. Um, I've never done a cruciate, so um, obviously they build it up. I mean, it's the same with uh, what's his face from Liverpool, um, Virgil. Um, He's been in the gym and they've shown footage of him as well. And they're saying that he's still likely to be out for the season. So I guess it's a strength thing and, the, and it's the turning that causes yeah. it. Isn't so it? There's, but, a, there's a difference running straight lines. So then there is yeah. turning, jumping, getting, getting yeah. kicked. Yeah. 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 It's a shame because he's, he is the sort of player that we need in this team. He, he does yeah. give you that energy and that press, doesn't he? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that way to run, run about. Yeah. And similarly, Callum, I think, you know, we're, we're, but we need the Callum that comes back and it's the ground running with the form that he can show. Well, the Callum that left us. Yeah, but <laughs> he did want, that before, didn't he? He got the Callum where take a few months. Through, yeah, yeah, he seemed to take a few months to then get his form back, didn't he? But um, I, I don't know. You know, you, you started off tonight, Patch, saying, you know, that the bounce has gone in. A few people have said oh, it was a wake-up call and stuff like that. I'm still thoroughly infused because I oh, still absolutely. saw 20 absolutely. minutes, 30 minutes of football there tonight. Yeah, definitely. Better than anything we'd seen before Nigel Pearson had come. Yeah. Um, but maybe it does put a few, you know, realisms in place, doesn't it? That people realise that, yeah, you know, we're still a number of players short. And if you can get the likes of Walsh back, Nathan Baker will give you an option as well. That opens things up. Um, yeah. You know, it's still, it's still lots of things to... 100% a different team to the team we saw in the last six or seven games under yeah. under Dean Holden. So, yeah, I mean, we're we're just bob, we're we're bob bob bobbing along now. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a team we saw today that hopefully isn't going to get dragged into any sort of relegation dogfight. No. Yeah, I was just going to look actually to see where we are in the league now. On the back of that, so I mean, the, we are the QPR game this weekend. I think we got to hit them in the first minute. They're shipping yeah. goals at home against yeah. Barnsley. Yeah. Our so home record against QPR is pretty good in yeah, recent years. We're twelfth so. on forty-five points. Um, played thirty-four games. Admittedly, Luton can go above us because they're a game behind. Uh, was it fifty-one? Was the magic number? I think someone said that's what they've talked about. But a few people have been sort of saying how you know forty-two, forty-three has been enough. You know, as well. I'm not um, looking. I'm not looking back. It was, is it the bottom three that go or the bottom four? Bottom three. Three. Yeah. So Rotherham are on thirty-two. So that's that's thirteen points. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, um, not, I'm not concerned. Yeah. Uh, no. I, I, yeah. you, can, you can take that to the bank. A week ago, <laughs> week ago, week and a half ago, concerned. Yeah, yeah. After mild, two, two wins on the road. Yeah, cool. Okay, just one bit of th- a thank you to thank you to everyone who's listened um, to the podcast in the last week, ten days, because I was absolutely flabbergasted to see that we were the tenth most listened to football podcast in the UK last week. Matt, how do you feel about that? Yes, I mean, it's it's not just about the, the football podcast. It's the great work that you guys have been doing for years as well. It gets the name out there. But um, yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? And, and you did make me laugh with the, the Gary Neville were coming for you. <laughs> um, and I don't know whether GT saw it, but then GT sent me a separate note showing that his was the number one podcast Um <laughs> I don't know which what chart it was it was looking at, but what was that yeah, the BBC, was that the BBC saying? I think it was the replays. BBC. Yeah, well, I think it was the BBC one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I've got to say, no, fair, fair play, and we get some really fantastic comments. Um, we're really lucky, you know. We've got we've got Rich a, a pro on tonight, but we're really lucky with the guys that we get on. Um, I will shout out as well to Dean Allen, who I, I neglected to to comment on as being one of our, our regulars on here. But yeah, it's you know, and and the work that you put in as well, Patch. Um, but it's the fact that everybody's 
the, the passion's Bristol City, isn't it? And we all love to talk oh, about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but you're right, it's it's great. And when when you sent that through, it was like, yeah, that that is absolutely brilliant. And that followed on from what a nearly thousand downloads on one the other week. Yeah, yeah. We're near six hundred on the last one, I think. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, no. So thank you everyone for for listening. Uh, like, share, and subscribe. Uh, retweet again to get in the draw for that uh, Jerry Guy book. But for now, Rich, it's been a pleasure. Matt, we'll thank you, Saturday. Rich. Always and always. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for listening. Take care. Take care. Nice Bye. To see you. Bye. Home, warm smiles, crashing.